فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يدا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل واشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله واصحابه والتابعين لهم باحسان الى يوم الدين اما بعد um, we're still in the our series of kitab nawaqid al-islam we were just we previously spoke about the issue of tarku al-arkan al-arba'a ama tarku al-arkan al-islam ba'da shahadatayn leaving off the four other remaining pillars after the shahadatayn and today inshallah ta'ala we're going to move on to the dawabid al-takfir al-mu'ayyan today we're going to speak about inshallah ta'ala the principle of when if you want to place takfir on a particular individual if you want to place a takfir on a particular individual you want to say for instance um khalid is a kafir zaid is a kafir aisha is a kafir these term, these these labels that you're now going to place on this particular individual this particular individual how does it work and how is the principles for ahli sunnah wal jamaah regarding it in our previous point or the previous uh, sit on our previous lesson we spoke about principles and qawaid foundations in regards to the actions which a person becomes a kafir if he leaves it and the action that he doesn't right we spoke about that we did and from that what it, what did what became clear for us what became clear is narrowing down exactly what makes a person a disbeliever okay we that's what happened if a particular individual a particular individual zaid amr bakar he comes with an action this action now is an action which is kufr. Okay, he has particularly come with an action which is kufr. It doesn't necessitate that that particular person becomes a kafir. So something you have to memorize. This particular person came with an action. Okay, this action is kufr. Okay, but it doesn't necessitate that this person is a kafir. The evidences from the Kitab and the Sunnah have shown that. When does he become a Kafir? When the proofs are established on him. The Quran and the Sunnah have shown this. Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذِّبِينَ We are not ones who punish حَتَّى نَبْعَثَ رَسُولًا Until we send out a messenger. Meaning, until a prophet comes to them and he conveys the message to them, we don't punish a people. Qatada, he said in the tafsir of this ayah, Qatada, as Imam ibn Jarir al-Tabari brings from him, Qatada said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَ لَيْسَ يُعَذِّبُ أَحَدًا حَتَّى يَسْبِقَ إِلَيْهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ خَبَرٌ أَوْ يَأْتِيَهُ مِنَ اللَّهِ بَيِّنَةٌ وَلَيْسَ مُعَذِّبًا أَحَدًا إِلَّا بِذَنْبِهِ That Allah tabarak wa ta'ala is not one who punishes any individual until there comes to him a prior news a prior information or it comes to him 
a clear-cut evidence before that. وَلَيْسَ Allah is not مُعَذِّبًا one who punishes أَحَدًا any individual إِلَّا بِذَنْبِهِ except his sin that he has done. In another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, رُسُلًا مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنْذِرِينَ لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَى اللَّهِ حُجَّةٌ بَعْدَ الرُّسُلِ Allah says in this ayah, messengers who give glad tidings and messengers that warn. Why? لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ So they can't be... Allah says, messengers be sent who give warnings and they give glad tidings. Why? So it can't be for the people. There can't be no proof for these people against Allah the day of judgment. After the messengers have been sent. Meaning, these messengers are here so that you don't come the day of judgment and say, Oh Allah, you didn't send a prophet to me. The people claim, uh, they will try to bring a proof, an argument for themselves. So Allah said, I sent messengers who warn, messengers who give glad tidings, so there is no excuse for the people the Day of Judgment, after the messengers have been sent. And Imam al-Baghawi said in the commentary of this verse, وَفِيهِ دَلِيلٌ in this ayah is an evidence عَلَىٰ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُعَذِّبُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُعَذِّبُ الْخَلْقَ قَبْلَ بَعْثِهِ الرُّسُلِ Allah is not one, he said this ayah is an evidence that Allah does not punish the creation uh, before he has sent a messenger out to them. Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqitiyu, he said in his kitab, Adwa'u al-Bayan, yusarrihu fi hadhi al-ayat al-kareema, bi'annahu la budda an yaqta' hujjata said, This ayah Allah clearly says that it's necessary for every individual's proof to be disconnected. Meaning every person's argument against Allah is going to be disconnected. I mean, it's going to be stopped. They won't exist. By what? By sending messengers to them. You won't have an argument anymore. These messengers will give glad tidings to the ones who obey them by saying to them that they're going to enter paradise. And those messengers are also going to warn those who disobey them by telling them that they're going to go to the hellfire. So the ayah, those two ayats are a proof that if a person comes with an action or something that is kufr, it doesn't necessarily mean that they become a kafir. Unless the proof is established against them. As for the sunnah, as for the sunnah, it also indicated the same. Imam Muslim narrated in his Sahih, in Hadith Abi Huraira, that the Prophet said, I swear by the Lord, Muhammad's soul is in his hand. No Christian or Jew hears about me. And then he dies. And then he does not believe in that which I have, seen, I have been sent with. Except he's from the people of the hellfire. <coughs> so what does the hadith say? He hears of me. Okay? The hadith says that I swear by the Lord in which my soul is in his hand. I swear by Allah that no Christian or Jew hears about me. So the Christian and Jew have to hear about the Prophet. And then he died and he doesn't believe in me. So when is that dying and when is it? It's after he's heard about the Prophet Then the Prophet he said, if he doesn't believe in me, and that which I have been sent with, he's going to be from the people of the hellfire.
So this hadith clearly shows what? That the Prophet needs to be heard about. And Imam al-Nawwi rahimahullah he said in the sharah of this hadith in Sahih Muslim, فَفِيهِ نَسْخُ الْمِلَلِ كُلِّهَا بِرِسَالَةِ نَبِيِّنَا صلى الله عليه وسلم He said this hadith is an evidence that all of the previous legislations and all of the previous religions before the Nabi Muhammad are all abrogated. They're all gone. They don't exist. وَفِي مَفْهُمِهِ دَلَالَةٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّا مَنْ لَمْ تَبْلُغُهُ دَعْوَةُ الْإِسْلَامِ فَهُوْ مَعْذُورٌ And also the understanding in this hadith is that anybody who it does not reach him the message of Islam is excused. وَهَذَا جَارٍ عَلَىٰ مَا تَقَدَّمَ فِي الْأُصُولِ أَنَّهُ لَا حُكْمَ قَبْلَ وُرُودِ الشَّرْعِ عَلَىٰ الصَّحِيحِ And the Mas'ala Usuliya according to the ulama of Usulul Fiqh that there is no ruling before a legislation comes. There's no ruling. Meaning, he can't be given a ruling of being called a what? A person of the hellfire. Because no shara has actually come. This is what he said. It's a mas'ala that the ulama of usul al-fiqh deal with. So what, what do we learn from this now? What we learn from this is, now, not every individual who comes with an action of kufr, in which we would say that is kufr, anyone who leaves the prayer is kufr. Are you with me, sisters and brothers? So we now might say, for instance, anybody who leaves the prayer is a kafir. Method, we may take that opinion. But then we might know a cousin, we might know a family member, we may even know an individual who doesn't pray. We stated a kufr, that does not mean that that individual straight away becomes a kafir based on it. Okay? Because the ulama and sunnah distinguish between two things. The first one is what? Al-kufrul mutlaq. And the second one is Al-kufrul mu'ayyan. Kufrul mutlaq means what? The general ruling that you give, which is anybody who leaves the prayer is a kafir. This is kufr mutlaq. It's called what? Kufr mutlaq. You now say, now I'm going to take that kufr I mentioned there and I'm going to place on this particular individual now, it's called Kufrul Mu'ayyani. Mu'ayyan. Mu'ayyan means what? Specifying. You're specifying a general ruling on a particular individual. That's incorrect. There has to be conditions in place first. There has to be what? There has to be conditions in place first. Does that make sense? <coughs> now there are Examples that I want to show you. Prime examples. Okay, actions that took place based on this particular action. And that is from the Sunnah, in which the Prophet saw a group of companions do things which they were then excused for, which were wrong. Okay, things that had come from them. And these things came from him in his presence, alayhi salatu wasalam. And the Prophet didn't label any one of them a kufar. Rather, he gave them what? He excused them, either due to their ignorance or due to their interpretation. An example of that is what Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa narrated. Okay? When Mu'ad came from Sham. Mu'ad came from where? Sham. And when Mu'ad came from Sham, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he prostrated to the Prophet Mu'ad prostrated to the Prophet. And then the Prophet said, Ma ya Mu'ad. Mu'ad, what is this? 
معاد سيد أتي أتيت الشام فوافيت يسجدون لأس لأساقفتهم وبطارقتهم معاذ رضي الله تعالى عنه he said I came from Sham okay sorry he, when did I say he came from Sham so he said I came from Sham and I saw them prostrate to their leaders and those in charge of them فوددت في نفسي I wished in my heart أن نفعل ذلك بك that we do this for you O Messenger of Allah فقال رسول الله the Messenger said فلا تفعلوا don't do this فإني لو كنت آمرا أحدا for verily if I was to command anyone to prostrate for anyone لغير الله besides Allah لأمرت المرأة I would have commanded the woman أن تسجد لزوجها for her to prostrate for her husband لعظم الحق عليها because of the great right he has on her so the Prophet ﷺ didn't make takfir on who? Mu'adh in any way form or shape and he didn't say to Mu'adh that what you did you're a kafir for it so this hadith and what Mu'adh did was wrong and prostrating for other than Allah is what? It's kufr. Also, Bukhari narrated from the narration of Khalid ibn Dhakwan عن الربيع بنت معوذ قالت جاء النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم The Prophet came فدخل حين بني علي فجلس على فراش مجلسك مني ربيع ربيع بنت معوذ She said that the Prophet entered onto me, he entered in when I was basically the day of my wedding, the day of my wedding. He entered onto me, he entered, فَجَلَسَ عَلَى فِرَاشِي and he sat on my bed. He sat on it, alayhi salatu wasalam. And Rubayya bint Mu'awwidin said to Khalid ibn Dhaqwan, who is the narrator, he sat where you are sitting from me right now, half that far, the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasalam. And then the Prophet ﷺ, she said, فَجَعَلَتْ جُوَيْرَاتٌ لَنَا Women, young women, who were dancing, and they were singing for us. And they were praising مَنْ قُتِلَ مِنْ آبَائِهِ يَوْمَ دَبَدْرٍ My fathers who were killed in the Battle of Badr. This is a common uh, thing that they do, which is, at the wedding day, they praise who? They praise your parents. Okay, everybody praises their people. And daf is, is used. And women are allowed to that day to use the daf for their wedding. And they're also allowed what? They are allowed to sing. The women are allowed. As long as what they say is not foul. So she said she was, they were praising the, what my forefathers who were killed and my fathers who were killed in the Battle of Badr. إِذْ قَالَتْ إِحْدَاهُنَّ One of them went as extreme as saying وَفِينَا نَبِيٌ Amongst us is a prophet يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي غَدٍ He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. There's a prophet amongst us who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he said دَعِي هَذِهِ Leave this off. وَقُولِي بِالَّذِي كُنْتِ تَقُولِينَ Say what you were saying before. Stop this. And say what you were saying before. 
these two ahadiths, these two hadiths, the Prophet ﷺ, he excused Mu'adh and that slave girl. The statements and the actions that came from both of them. Mu'adh prostrated to the, to the Prophet ﷺ. And as we know, prostrated to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? Shirk akbar mukhrijun min al-millah. It'll take you out of the fold of al-Islam. But when this happened from Mu'adh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't label Mu'adh a kafir because of the fact that Mu'adh, he came with what? He came with a udhur shar'i. He came with a legislational excuse. Are you with me? So we now would say anyone who prostrates to other than Allah is what? Shirk Akbar. Okay? But a particular person may be ma'dhur. A particular person may be ma'dhur. Excused. Are you with me, brothers? Now I want you to all understand is the hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabalin. And also the hadith of this Jariyah. Okay, pay attention to this. Both of these, it needs more explanation. And it needs more observation regarding it. Whether a person can be excused for major shirk. Can a person be excused due to ignorance on something that is asl min usulu deen? This is a hadith, hadith of Mu'adh and the hadith of Jajariya needs more explanation. Okay? <coughs> and should we distinguish between the ruling of this world and the ruling of the hereafter? This mas'ala yahtaju ila tafsil wal bast. It needs more explanation. So we find from these hadiths that a mas'ala which is al-udru bil-jahli, excusing a person based on ignorance. It's the mas'ala that the ulama know as what? Al-udru bil-jahli. Can, can you be excused for ignorance? Are you with me? الإمام الشافعي رحمه الله says لله تعالى أسماء وصفات جاء بها كتابه وأخبر بها نبيه الله سبحانه وتعالى he came with names من الله has names and Allah تبارك وتعالى has characteristics the Quran has come to inform us of those names of Allah and his characteristics the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم he came and he told us about it ولا يسع أحدا من خلق الله it is not befitting, nor is it permissible for anybody from the creation of Allah that the proof has been established onto him regarding Allah's names and attributes to reject it. It's not permissible for anybody. After Allah has mentioned his names and attributes, the Prophet has told Allah's names and attributes it is not, it is not permissible for anybody to reject it. Because the Quran came down to tell us about Allah's names. It came to tell us about Allah's characteristics. And it is also authentically transmitted from the Prophet of Allah 
sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through authentic chain of narration reliable individuals have transmitted it from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَمَنْ خَالَفَ ذَلِكَ Anyone who opposes the kitab and the sunnah in this regard now بَعْدَ ثُبُوتُ الْحُجَّةِ When the proof has been established on this person فَهُوَ كَافِرٌ He is a disbeliever now So the proof has been established against him See what he conditioned Ibn Ibn Idris al-Shafi'i Muhammad Idris al-Shafi'i You with me? What did he condition? بَعْدَ ثُبُوتِ الْحُجَّةِ The proof has been established against this person فَهُوَ كَافِرٌ He is a disbeliever فَأَمَّا قَبْلَ ثُبُوتِ الْحُجَّةِ عَلَيْهِ فَمَعْذُورٌ بِالْجَهْلِ As for As for Before the proof has been established on him He said he's excused For ignorance لِأَنَّ عِلْمَ ذَلِكَ لَا يُقْدَرُ بِالْعَقْلِ Because this is not a matter a person can come to know about it based on their intellects or rationality. And a person can't come to this based on being a person who is diligent, a person who thinks, a person who ponders, they can't come to this conclusion. And Shafi'i said, we will never make takfir on a person based on ignorance. Until the narration and the information reaches him. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? So the issue of ignorance is an excuse. Lakin, pay attention. As, again, as I said, matters of usuluddin, matters which are tawheed, la ilaha illallah, and its meaning, and asl usuluddin, la ilaha illallah, and its meanings, a person can't be excused for its ignorance. This is an exception here. And as I said to you, hadith of Mu'adh ibn Jabalin and hadith of the Jariyah, they need tafsil, they need more explanation. And I've tried, I've slightly touched on this issue of whether a person is excused for ignorance when it comes to Asl Usuluddin. La ilaha illallah. Because Shafi'i here is talking about a mas'ala which is what? Daqiq. He's talking about Allah's names and attributes. We're talking about uluhiyya. Okay. وقال ابن العربي ابن العربي said. فالجاهل والمخطئ من هذه الأمة ولو عمل ب ولو عمل من الكفر والشرك ما يكون صاحبه مشركا أو كافرا فإنه يعذر بالجاهل والخطأ حتى يتبين له الحجة التي يكفر تاركها بيانا واضحا ما يلتبس على مثله. ابن العربي. The great Maliki scholar, the great, this is Ibn al-Arabi, the great Maliki scholar. And Jamaluddin al-Qasim is the one who transmitted the statement from him. Okay. That Imam Ibn al-Arabi, rahimahullah, he said, فَالْجَاهِلُ The ignorant one. وَالْمُخْطِئُ The one who's done a mistake. مِنْ هَذِي الْأُمَّةِ From this ummah. Okay. The one who's ignorant. And the one who's coming with mistakes. Okay. From this ummah. If he does a thing that is kufr and he does something which is shirk, he is excused for his ignorance and he's also excused for his mistake. Until the proof becomes clear to him. In which the person who leaves it will become a disbeliever based on it. 
Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, in his Majmu'ul Fatawa, the 10th volume, page 372, ibn Taymiyyah said, The verses that you come across in the Qur'an, the warnings in the Qur'an, the verses where Allah Taala is warning. And also the statements of the scholars who label a person a kafir, statements of the scholars where they're using takfir on people. They're saying anyone who does this is a kafir, anyone who does this is a fasir. These statements as well, he said, You can't take them and straight away place it on a specific individual. Until, until, are you with me? Until the conditions are present. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? And the excuses are what? Or sorry, all of the uh, preventing factors are also absent. All the conditions are there and all the preventing factors are absent. Are you with me, brothers and sisters? Shaykh al-Islam Taymi said, said something here right now. He says, La farqa fi dhalika bayna al-usul wal-furuh. Whoa. Ibn Taymi says there's no difference between whether it's a fundamental matter pertaining to the religion or whether it's a sub-branch. Meaning even if it's in shirk akbar. Are you there, brothers and sisters? Yeah? Ibn Taymi here now is saying there's no difference whether it's in furuh and usul. Sah? And in other places in his Majmu' al-Fatawa, he says there's no excuse in usul of the religion. Are you there, brothers? Yeah? Does that make sense, brothers? Here he says there's no difference between whether the person is coming with kufr akbar in matters which are usul. Which is, what's usul? Shirk akbar, if he's coming with it, he can also still be excused based on ignorance. And we just said, no, he can't. Sah? A person is coming, he's prostrating to an idol. Okay? Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah is saying, لا فرق في ذلك بين الأصول والفروع In other places in his Majmu' al-Fatawa, he says there's a difference. Are you there, brothers? How do we reconcile between his statements? Inshallah ta'ala, that itself is another discussion. That itself is a, another discussion. Walidharik ibn, ibn Abdul Wahab as well, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, is the same. If you read his statements, they're the same. There are times he's, he's, he's given excuses to Kufr Akbar, Shirk Akbar. He's saying they're ma'adur bil jahli. And in other places, he's saying they're not ma'adur. Wala yu'dar. Are you there, brothers? How do we understand the kalam of Muhammad Abdul Wahab here? Also, it's another discussion as well. Because these ulama, their kalam needs to be understood. And as we said unequivocally, and we repeat that. Usul of the religion, there's no udhr bil jahli. Ignorance can't. Because what is it that you came into Islam with? What brought you into Islam? When you were saying, La ilaha illallah, what brought you into Islam? La ilaha illallah brought you into Islam. So what was it that you were believing? That Allah is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. So why are you worshipping this idol? I mean, why are you worshipping a, a, a wali besides Allah? Are you there, brothers? Why? Isn't that what you said when you came into Islam? Or isn't that what La ilaha illallah entails? What, what does La ilaha mean to you? فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Does make sense? So if you come with shirk akbar, you may be ma'adur the day of judgment. That's something else. The day of judgment Allah may forgive you. That's between you and Allah. 
as in from this world, we will lead, we will consider you a kafir. You're not a Muslim in our eyes. We will not pray on you. We will not say wa alaykum salam to you. Are you there, brothers? So these people who call on to other than Allah, the awliya other than Allah, they call on to the awliya, they call on to the Prophet they believe the Prophet and the Nur sent from Allah, they are not Muslims. They're not Muslims. Are you with me, brothers? They are not Muslims. If they die, la yusalla alayhim. If they die, they're not prayed on. La yusallamu. They are not greeted. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum None that. They are not married off to the Muslim women. Are you with me? If a woman is married to them, then she just she has to go leave them. She's married to a non-believer. Are you with me, brothers? This is very important that one understands this. Now, inshallah ta'ala, we mentioned in many places there are conditions that have to be there. Shurut, mawani' sah? We're now going to have to go into what are the conditions that we're talking about. What are these shurut? And what are these mawani' So we are upon clarity when it comes to. So pay attention. Anything other than shirk akbar, okay, brothers, a person is ma'bur. Can you, are you with me, brothers? Ignorance we're talking about. We're saying al-ma'dhur here, jahal only. Pay attention here. But anything other than that, if a person does it, can he be excused for ignorance? Naam. Ignorance can be excused. Are you with me, brothers? That's not ma'dhur. That's not ma'dhur. Hadith Mu'adh needs tafseel and discussion. Are you with me, brothers? What does it need? It needs tafseel. It needs discussion. I promise to make it a whole discussion itself, inshallah ta'ala. And if I did know today that um, this issue would have popped up like this right now, I would have brought a research I have on it. Like in the discussion of Mu'adh, this hadith, and the hadith of the Jariyah, it needs tafsil. It needs tafsil. <coughs> and this mas'ala, ya ikhwa, is, is it... Al-udru bil-jahli. Ya ikhwa, is not irja' nor is it khawarij. It's like tarku salah. Are you with me, brothers? It's like tarku salah. Like Ahlul Sunnah different on it, they different on this one. Ulema Ahlul Sunnah different on it. One imam says two speeches. Are you there? Does it make sense? So we have to be balanced in our approach in this issue. We shouldn't call the other party murji. And the other party shouldn't call us khawarij for saying that they're kufar akbar. That they're mushrikeen and they're kufar. Are we all together on that issue? Naam. Ibn al-Arabi. Are we all together on this issue? 